Are you ready, Christine? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> Are you ready, Ma? I'm ready. All right, let's go. Let's go to Belfast, Northern Ireland. Oh, that's where you were? Yeah. We were doing that. It's going to be a hot one, folks. You might actually want to share this with some people. The 1992 movie, The Crying Game. Okay, before we go into the particulars, do you want to just go off the, off the jump, off the top rope? Go ahead. I'm just going to say that I tried to watch this movie twice. <laughs> and I watched the whole thing twice. But what did I watch? I don't know. I really enjoyed the first 20 minutes. I was hooked. And then it, the, the movie was how long? An hour and 50 minutes? Mm -hmm. It yeah. could have been an hour. I'm saying that now. It's, I, it's one of the weirder movies that we've watched. It's I really like it. It's like it lost all of my interest and then it got me right back. Mm -hmm. And oh. so I was like, well, let me watch this again. And you know what? I stopped paying attention at the exact same spot. And then I was like, oh, my God. When I started paying attention again, I was like, oh, now I'm back. And yeah. it's the exact same spot. Do you, is that in your bad reheatables, the part where it lost you? I, it would be if I could tell you what it was. <laughs> you just found yourself maybe we will Maybe we will jog your memory. Yeah, I think I know. Okay. Okay, the particulars, the crying game. Well, I haven't done the intro, darling. Oh! Oh, mine wasn't enough of an intro? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, yeah, do the intro, because it sounds bad coming from me, but the first time... It is available to watch on Showtime right now. It is. IRA members kidnap a British soldier in hopes of a prisoner exchange. Fergus... <laughs> Which um, LOL that, to that. <laughs> yeah. Fergus, they, they kidnapped the wrong one. But yeah. <laughs> hello, hello, we have you. Uh, Fergus of the IRA forms an unexpected bond with Jody, a British soldier. What could go wrong? A lot. A lot goes wrong. Okay, so the crying game had its world premiere on. September 2nd, 1992 at the Venice Film Festival and then it had its wide UK premiere on October 30th, 1992. The Particulars, it's written directed by Neil Jordan. He's an Irish film director, screenwriter, novelist and short story writer. He also did High Spirits, Were he's No short, Angel. I'm sorry, you said he's a short story writer? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Apparently, I beg to differ. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, ouch! I love it. Um, he he did High Spirits, Were No Angels, Interview with the Vampire, Michael Collins, The End of the Affair, among other things. And he also created the television show The Borges, which my, I believe you watched. Oh, I I watched some of it, and then I I had to let it go. What? Uh, <laughs> okay, so that. Maybe that's a Neil Jordan specialty. You Remember got me. And it fizzles. A couple times ago that you um, talked about cutting the fat. Yes. In your script. Yeah. Okay. Um, the music is by Anne Dudley. She won an Oscar for The Full Monty. She also did American History X. She was a session. She has also done session work um, with string and or 
orchestral arrangements on Good albums job. such as by albums from these people, Cher, Tina Turner, Liza Whoa. Minnelli, Paul McCartney, and George Michael, just to name a few. Damn. Yeah. The director of photography is Ian Wilson, a British cinematographer, also did Wish You Were Here, Backbeat, and Emma. And the editor is Kant Pan, who also did Never Say Never Again and The Fly. Starring Stephen Ray as Fergus. He was also in Interview with the Vampire, Michael Collins, and V is for Detta, among many, many, many other things. Jay Davidson as Dill. He's an American-born... He was born in, actually in Riverside, California, but when he was very young, his family moved to England, and so he was raised English and was a model. And the only other movie he was in was Stargate. Huh. More on that later. Miranda Richardson as Jude. She was in Tom and Viv, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, mm-hmm. and The Hours, among many, many other things. Forrest Whitaker as Jody. He was in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Platoon, The Last King of Scotland, also was fabulous in The Shield, and also directed Waiting to Exhale, among many, many, many other projects he's been in. He he was nominated for an Academy Award. Was that for the um, Idi Amin role? Yes. I thought he won for that. Did he Maybe not? he did. Well, let me... That was The Last King of Scotland. Yes. Um, Adrian Dunbar as Peter McGuire, who's also in Ashes to Ashes and Line of Duty. And Jim Broadbent as Cole. He was in Moulin Rouge, Gangs of New York, Bridget Jones's Diary, and also Game of Thrones, to name a few. And those are the particulars. He is the recipient of an Academy Award, a Golden Globe, a British Academy Film Award, and two Screen Actors Guilds Awards. He he can always do it gives all. a performance. He does. Okay, so we are setting the table. The movie starts in a seaside town during a carnival. Jody. The aforementioned British officer is flirting with an Irish woman when he is kidnapped and taken away to the country. Jody is told the British Army has three days to make a prisoner exchange. (laughs) Jody is a black man. He's not going to get that prisoner exchange. On the third day, he will die. Fergus is his captor, who through conversations forms a bond with Jody. Jody shows Fergus a picture of his gorgeous girlfriend, Dill, and asks Fergus to look in on her in London. The three days are up. (laughs) Man. Is is even Tommy gagging? Yeah. Mac Mac. is just this movie. Uh, If I have to watch this movie one more time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, we are to POC. Okay. I have obviously Forrest Whitaker. And then there was a performer, I believe, at the club and probably some patrons of the club. Mm-hmm. But it's really a, a hard one. Yeah. But at least he has a, a, a prominent role. Eh. I mean, it doesn't go too hot from a man. But oh, and I guess what am I talking about? 
uh, deal. Yeah, deal. Oh, silly us. I know. Oh, my, oh my gosh. God. Wow. Yeah. So, so right. power of cast. Okay, for power of cast, I have... Um, so Jay Davidson was in only in two movies. And he, after Stargate, he retired from acting. And this was in an Irish Times article that quoted him in it when he said this at the BFI 25th anniversary screening of The Crying Game. Quote, um, back then I did not think there were enough roles for black people. And then when you add openly gay black people, that's a double whammy. So I thought I would be scrambling for crumbs and it's hard to live off crumbs. Mm. So, I mean, that's, that's right there. Um, during his career, he said that his androgynous look alienated him within the gay community. He stated that gay men, quote, love very masculine men, and I'm not a very masculine person. I'm reasonably thin. I have long hair, which isn't very popular with gay men. He later adopted a more traditional masculine look with a shaved head, tattoos, and more mas- muscular physique. Hmm. I thought that was interesting because there's cast within cast and stuff. So I thought right. that was an, another exactly. interesting thing. Whoa, interesting. Um, and then in the uh, for power of cast, also how Fergus had a good heart. Um, like he was like supposed to like he was Neil Jordan said in an interview that Fergus was a good person who was put in a bad situation. Exactly. And how would he handle that? Um, but then it's kind of crazy because it was like, oh, well, he was ready to murder somebody. But then I was thinking about it. I was like, well, was he? Do we have was any he? proof yeah. that, that he was a murderer and stuff? Um, and then also, would Fergus have even gone to check up on Dill if Dill was an unattractive woman? Like if Jody was like, here's my old lady. And it's like she didn't have the conventional beauty of Dill. Would Jody be like, so. Let me go check up on this woman. Yeah, yeah. Although he might have. Not because I don't feel like he had any romantic ideas when he went to check on Dill as Dill was. But I do Are feel you that- sure though? That's my point. Okay. I yeah, I see what you're saying, like out of the goodness of his heart, but that was my my question was was he a good person? So no matter what she looked like because of this friendship that they struck at this, you know, well, significant moment in these two men's lives, he would have gone because that was like a, like a war buddy type thing. Or was he also like, she's not bad looking. Yeah, I'll just see how she's doing. Um, is that is that the end of your power of cast? Yes. Does anybody have any other ones? I do. I have the Irish just want the British out of their country. I mean, that's the whole purpose of the Irish Republican army. Blowing people up. Ah. So there's that. The um, Empire. um, What is that called? Ism? Not colloquial. Some is. The, one of yeah. the isms. Yeah, yeah. An ism. Sorry, an ism taking over here. everybody else's country. Yeah. 
I think this fits in this section. Um, it's not my birthday anymore, so I guess we can't just throw things wherever. Um, so I'll try as best as I can. The fact that if Dill, as a trans woman, was treated normal because she was passing as a woman or was a woman, but then it's like if she hadn't passed as well, then she would have been treated like shit in the outside world. But mm -hmm. then it was, you know, like she was being deceitful. So then once they got behind closed doors, it was a whole different story. But, and I don't speak for the gay community or the queer community. So I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I didn't think... It's like Fergus didn't know, so it's not. I'm so sorry. Mac is licking the carpet and vomiting at the same time, so it's Thank not. You for <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know how to explain exactly that power of cast, but kind of just you know, if Dill hadn't been, you know, there like it was like a problem that Dill was deceitful and like you know wasn't upfront that she wasn't you know, completely a woman yet, but then if she had not been as pa passing as a woman in the outside world, everybody would have treated her like shit, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I have something about that in, I think in, well, in one of the later categories, because I went to look up what the trans community thought about this movie, and it was brought up that, um, like, the whole, her, like, the deceitful, it's like, um, you don't owe anybody You're right. Like you don't have to like that's not something to that you have to disclose. It's not it's not a secret. Like you, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, Dill doesn't owe it to anybody to tell have to be upfront about their status. If <laughs> I, I apologize for if I phrase that horrible. No, no, you I mean, it's it's like everybody everybody yeah. has certain things that you don't know about each other until you get to a certain part in your relationship. And it's not that, you know. Um, yeah, I, yeah, that's a good point. Well, yeah, we'll go. Uh, there's more. Okay, we'll, we'll hold there. Mac is just having a moment back here. I'm yeah, sorry. I, I love it because I love my, my, my Mac. He was my little sweet boy. lounging around, doing activities, looking at the apartment, getting some water. Yeah, he's like, my dad's not around to, to be making noise, so I got to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we are to nerd alert. Okay, so 1992, what a year. Paul Simon is the first major artist to tour South Africa after they ended their cultural boycott, which I remember, like, Paul Simon went through a big uh, South African women uh, music phase. Right. Japan apologizes for forcing Korea women into sexual slavery during World War II. Oh, wow. That, that's interesting. And good for them for apologizing. Yeah. Um, George H.W. Bush meets with Boris Yeltsin to formally declare the Cold War is over. 1992. Jeffrey Dahmer is sentenced to 15 terms of life in prison. Spoiler alert. He gets murdered in prison. It breaks up. There's a Bosnian war. It's a whole thing. A whole bunch of new countries come out of it that shows how old I am because I'm like, Serbia, that's the new country. But no, it's been around for a long time. Um, 
L.A. civil disturbances happened after the acquittal of four police officers um, during the beating of Rodney King. So, 1992, people. The bodies of Nicholas and Alexandra were identified. The czar, uh-huh. they were identified in 1992. Uh-huh. So nobody, that went the end of anybody who was like, I was the czar. I escaped. They, they weren't doing that. They were doing the Anastasia. Oh. Cartoon Network is launched. Um, Sinead oh. O'Connor. Tommy, I, Tommy watched the Cartoon Network while I was at work yesterday. Oh, nice. He's waiting for Rick and Morty. <laughs> um, Sinead O'Connor tore up a picture of the Pope. Clutch the pearls. Mm-hmm. That was such a People thing. People are so mad about that. I mean, forget all of the other injustices that happen all the time. But you tear up a picture of somebody. I guess it ha- like the somebody is the Pope. but And she's Irish, yes? Is she Irish or Scottish? No, she's Irish. So... Yeah, but then, but then a lot of people like I was listening to a podcast and a lot of people were like, yeah, but um, now it's kind of like, or she, she had a point. <laughs> I mean, even at the time, but exactly. Yeah, it comes out all of the, the sexual abuse and all of that and stuff. And you're like, I mean, okay you can you can be mad and not share her opinion and stuff but she didn't stab the man like she tore up his picture right um let's see bill clinton becomes the, he wins the election mm-hmm. and the bushes come back to america yeah we yes we did because that was the summer that was the dream team michael jordan like we are the best team ever assembled together play basketball the top you, movies you got sparky oh man the spark man yeah we did he was a cute little puppy he was so cute the top five movies worldwide were number five lethal weapon three number four <laughs> number four basic instinct number three home alone two number two the bodyguard and number one, Aladdin. Oh, oh this my! That's box office worldwide. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Oscars, the best picture nominees were *Scent of a Woman*, *Howard's End*, *A Few Good Men*, *The Crying Game*, and the winner for best picture that year was *Unforgiven*. Mm-hmm. And then my final nerd alert is: you alluded to it earlier, Ma. The Troubles. The Troubles. Like, what are the Troubles? So they're called the Troubles of Northern Ireland. They were ethno-nationalist period of conflict in Northern Ireland that lasted about 30 years from the late 60s to the late 90s. A key issue was the constitutional status of Northern Ireland. Mm -hmm. Unionists, who are mostly Ulster Protestants, wanted Northern Ireland to remain within the United Kingdom. Irish nationalists, who were mostly Irish Catholics, wanted Northern Ireland to leave the United Kingdom and join a united Ireland. Uh And that's the Troubles. The Troubles. Uh, I have a friend whose daughter bought a house in Dublin, and when they were redoing it, when they took down the drywall, there were munitions behind the 
the walls. Wow. Yeah. And newspapers all about the IRA. Okay. Um, uh, Christine, nerd alerts? Um, none for me this week. <laughs> Thank you so much. We are going to now do reheatables. Did you notice how I remembered the nerd alerts today, Erin? Yes, kudos, kudos. Rather proud of myself. So negative, um, you know what? I, I'm just going to go to Christine. Oh, geez, where do I begin? Um, how did they pick this guy out? Jody? Like, yeah. Oh, Forrest Whitaker. Mm-hmm. A, well, they wanted my, yeah, that was my question. They wanted a soldier. Were they just picking any soldier that came, or did they go about and pick out Jody in particular? Because I think we all agree that's a that's a major fault in your plan. Yeah, agreed. And and we didn't get any inkling of that. Was it just that maybe because he was sent there to be with the British Army to look over, you know, the Irish people, and that's so. Um, he just happened to be at the carnival that day and they went, he's a, he's a Brit. Let's take him. Uh, I don't know. Not their best move. Um, saying that you have to take a piss. I just hate when people say that. Yeah. Like I just, that's one of my biggest pet peeves. I hate, Oh, I got to take a piss. Nothing can turn me off more. Yeah. It's just, I have to go to the bathroom. Yeah, I yeah. got pee. Yeah, I do say pee. That's I, fine. I just, I just do the, my eyes are big and I'm like. And yellow. And everybody knows. <laughs> That's what happens in this podcast. When we break. And they know. Um, um, okay. The whole issue with the. The scene. Yes. The scene. Um, Obviously, like, Fergus becomes violent. Uh, I read an article. I read something on the website. It's called brightwalldarkroom.com. I think I read the same oh, article. that's probably what it is. <laughs> Talking about how it's the same kind of trans panic used to excuse violence against hundreds of trans women. Um, and then it talked about how, like, they used Boy George to sing the song, mm-hmm. The Crying Game, which, like, they kind of used him as, like, a marketing tactic. He was a huge pop star. Um, and then just the whole, like, then they used that scene to hook the audience back in, which, admittedly, yeah. that's exactly when I tuned back in. Um, uh so this is probably the same article you read because the three points they made that were problematic mm-hmm. were trans folks are obligated to share their, well, it says the film contextualizes the queer reveal in a way that perpetuates some problematic ideas, namely that trans folks are obligated to share their status. Trans identities are inherently deviant or alternative and can be used to shock and titillate. Good word, titillate. Um, And when a cis male reacts violently to learning his partner is trans, he's justified because somehow he's been had. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I think that, I mean, and it's, in a way, it's definitely like, oh, it's 1992, but like, I don't know that that would have been treated any differently if the film were made today. Maybe it would. I I hope it would, but I don't know that it would. I think... 
I, you know what? I don't know what it would. I think what would have been different is that there would have been more people who have voices who would have yeah. caused the backlash. And then mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it would have been mm-hmm. like the, like what you were seeing with, with um, in the Heights, you know, yes. like that, that movie was made and cast within a time, like within, you know, enough time period, but there's always something that people are going to overlook and have blinders to if those people are in the room. So hopefully Neil Jordan, if it was made today, would have had consultants, trans yes. consultants. Yes. And you're never going to be able to make everybody happy, but at least have trans consultants who could point out, hey, oh, that could be a problem and that yeah. could be a problem. But then ultimately it is up to whoever is making it to, right. they can they can say, oh, I understand what you're saying, but I'm making this piece of entertainment. And yeah. again, it's who's telling my story. Who's right. telling yeah. my story. And then, but, I mean, it's just the bigger problem that that is, I mean, that reaction in the real world, I'm sure trans people have to deal with all the time or not, you know, or like, they have, it's something that's a reality that they have to deal with. And then you see things and it's like, I never thought about like that excuses. Like it's only okay when like, if it's a cis male who has this, it's like, it's excused because it was trickery on him, you know, like. It, yeah. Like giving it the, like you have an alibi for why you mm-hmm. can then kill somebody. Mm-hmm. And then, and then all what came after it with the parodies, like Ace Ventura. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They showed that all in disclosure, you know. And that was one of those things where, when I was little, and Ace Ventura came out, I I was twelve when this movie came out. I knew about it because I knew something had happened, and I knew like the song, The Crying Game. And then those things became intertwined in my head, and it was actually Ace Ventura. Where I was like, oh, uh, because what that it was. joke. What? Yeah. And so then that's how I knew about the crying game, even though this was the first time I actually saw it all my life. I've known what the reference is to the crying game. Yeah. And then, and then what that makes. And then, the, I, you know, I never looked at it from a trans person's point of view, which is right. I don't know if it was this article or another one that I read that made the point of if you're a trans person and you're sitting watching the movie Basically, what say it's telling you is, um, you can't like like what like because Dill because you know Dill is beautiful and is able to pass like we said earlier so that she doesn't get um like when people take a look at her it she doesn't read masculine right off the bat. Mm-mm. Um. So then, what if you're a trans person and you aren't as beautiful as Dill? What hope could you have? Like this guy, this that's the way this guy reacted to this beautiful person, mm-hmm. this, this beautiful right. specimen. How of is somebody going to react to you? And if that's all you see of trans people on in movies and TV yeah. is like these reactions like this, where I'm sure there's plenty of, especially now, plenty of people who have this happen and they're like, okay, you know, maybe it's not for me or maybe it is, but mm-hmm. it's all about how you react and... And then you have the people who and accepting then, somebody else. Yeah, right. who then say like, "Oh, if that ever happened to me, I kill them. I kill." And that has happened. Yeah. And then you. That's why there's so many 
Well, I mean, that's not the only reason, but then it's 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 because like, oh, well, it's acceptable. I was duped. Right. Exactly. Where it really should just be a conversation just the same as any other relationship where, okay, most people have a conversation of whether or not they want to have kids before they become long term. And you don't kill the other person because they say they do or do not. You just part your ways or decide it's something you can work through. Right. Uh, it is a concern for my friend who's the mother of a trans woman that 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 could happen mm-hmm. to her. You know, I mean, because I mean, it's the this- same. It, it's also like with like HIV and AIDS. Like exactly, you don't want to start a date off by being like, "Hey, by the way, yeah, yeah," but then you're considered a, a bad, you know, a bad person if you wait to, you know. Yeah. My other negative, I'm going to save until because it's my LVP. Okay. Okay. Oh, oh, wait. I'm sorry. I have another one. I don't buy that Fergus was that. Like, uh, so he, so Fergus was like, I got to go take care of Dill because Jody told him to, right? Mm, Yeah. Jody told him to look her up. Just, just check in on her. I felt like it wasn't going. So part of me wondered, was this his revenge on yeah, Fergus for holding him hostage? And the movie does, he has that vision of Jody yeah. in his cricket getup and he tosses the ball like, haha, I tricked you, which is, that's problematic. Mm. Yes, extremely you know? problematic. Mm. Yeah. Okay, because then, you know, I tuned that. out a little bit, so I didn't know if it was. He cared so much about him, about Jody, that he was going to go take care of Dill or whatever. And I was like, how did this happen in three days? I think that it was a little of both. I think it was a little of, because this guy's in the, okay, he's a volunteer. He's in the Irish Republican Army. The troubles are going on. And I think it's very easy for us, because I really don't know that much about the troubles, but... The like that was like you said, Ma. There was munitions found in it. It touched everybody's lives. Bombs were going off a lot. Like that was like violence was just around, and people were getting caught up in that. And um, so he volunteers to go and do that. He's put into his mind like he's a soldier, and he refers. They refer. They're an army, Irish Republican army. So they're soldiers. They capture this guy. He's a soldier. I got very sort of, okay, is, are they trying to get into that, the military bro vibes, you know, like the, mm. like we're like, you know, this happened on the battlefield. We're in the trenches together. We come together. I actually like this guy, but he's my enemy. You know, like we've seen these tropes in movies mm-hmm, before, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, like, ah, I hate that, that I have to be the one to do this to you because I'm really a good person. And and they have the whole story, the scorpion mm-hmm. frog story about like what's in my nature. So it's, that sets up that Fergus is, his nature is to be a decent person. But I contend, yeah, oh, he did have this relationship and this bond. Also, he needed to get the fuck out of town yes, because he did. somehow the military knew where my man was and notice how they didn't go in and like try to save him. No, they did not. They were they just were like blew up everything. Right. So he escapes from that. 
and he remembers that she like the picture and she's very attractive i think it's like a little bit of all of those things i don't think he was an absolutely wonderful guy because he was going to kill a man i mean yeah. he didn't but he was in his mind going to kill this person Be- and if he didn't he was going to get killed by his comrades as it were yeah exactly Okay, um, are those the negatives from both of you? Um, did I have any other? Oh, yeah, I have a couple. Okay, this is piggybacking on uh, Teeny's piss thing. How about the the physical act of when he was he had her held? Holy man, disgusting! And, uh, and he's going to the bathroom, and then he comes out of the tent, no wash, and just go, just kisses, makes out with her, puts his dirty hand all on her face and stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, the violent murder of the goldfish. I'm not a goldfish person, but I was like, Dill, you could have just waited the weekend. Those bad boys would have been dead. Yeah. You didn't have to. It was the other boyfriend. And she tosses. I must have missed the goldfish murder. Yeah, because she She was tossing out his clothes, and then he had goldfish, and she threw the goldfish bowl out. Oh, mean. Yeah, I was like, oh, oh my gosh. Um, and then my final negative reheatable was, well, yeah, well, we already not my final, but yeah, we just to reiterate how they kidnapped a black soldier (laughs) to hold for ransom, (laughs) and I, like, goodbye. Um, the final one was Dill's wig. Me too, at the end. It was horrible. It was so bad. So bad. I'm bad at knowing, identifying wigs, but I knew that off the jump because I was like, you would have seen her. Like, that's a little mixed kid. I know little mixed kid hair and heads. Like, you would have seen some of the scalp. You saw no scalp. It was just... No, it was so bad. Oh, it was egregious. It was almost like they glued felt onto her head. It was just... It would have been better. I mean, first of all, it was a negative reheatable that I understand why, but she had to cut that gorgeous hair. Okay, so that was one of mine. Mine, um, kidnapping. Eh, (laughs) not a good look. (laughs) Senseless killings, you know, I mean... War, what is it good for? And surprises. Who really likes... A full-on surprise. Not I. There can be good surprises. There can be. Just, it's just, all right. So you're the, in the Captain Obvious commercial, you're that woman. She doesn't like surprises. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So positive reheatables. There are a few. Christine, have any? There are. I like that they showed the ween. They did? We never get a ween. We never get a ween. How was a very nipples all the time? Right. It was a very well done done presentation. Because I have seen a few in my day, and I'm not talking about when I was in college. I'm talking about as a as an elementary school teacher, when the children just decide to air out their stuff as they're sitting on the carpet. And and you have to say to them. You need to put that away now. So you don't, you don't got enough with the ween. <laughs> uh, um, I I liked at least 
if anything, I guess they did have a gay man play Dill. Yeah. Not that it was, but he's you know. not a trans man. Uh, he's not no. a trans woman, correct? Correct. Correct. So, so even at the very least, at least it was someone from the LGBTQ community that exactly. played. Exactly. Not that it's yeah. ideal, but right. I didn't realize that until this, the, us going into depth of this movie. Yeah, I didn't, real, I didn't know that until we did the particulars. I thought that Jay Davidson, in my mind, had just completely transitioned, and I didn't know what yeah, happened. I know. I was really surprised. Okay. And then... Uh, did I have another one? I thought I had another one that I didn't write down. I was going to give it something else, but I guess I didn't. Okay. If you think of it as... Oh, being a regular at a bar. Oh, yeah. Being yeah. able to say the usual. Yeah. Hey, Cliffy. Hey. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sorry. My last one is carnivals. Oh, that you was like them. Yeah, I like carnivals. It's fun. I, I enjoyed them in my youth. Now yeah. I'm, I'm of that cynical age where I'm like, wait a second. You mean to tell me y'all put all this up in like three hours and can take it all down in three hours? Yeah, but it's the last remaining thing that isn't like, it's not like way overpriced or like, you know, like it's not yeah, like you go to an true. amusement park and yeah. you have to pay like it's true. $15 for a funnel cake. You can still go to a carnival and pay like $5 for a funnel cake yeah. and That's you get true. what you pay for. There's a place called um, Fantasy Island. And Long Stop Beach playing. Island. Uh-huh. Oh, that's problematic now, too. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> um, so I grew up going to Fantasy Island on Long Beach Island, Long New Jersey. Long Beach Island. And it's a magical place. And it's not a car. I guess it wouldn't be called a carnival because it's not taken down and put back up. Yeah, right. It's seasonal. It's stationary. Yeah. Yeah. It stays there. Um, but it's carnival vibes. Yeah. Um, but it's not, I don't know. I guess it's like an amusement park, but it's not like overly expensive or anything like that. They have all the carnival games. What I'm hearing you say, Teeny, is that when we go to the beach, you want to go to Jolly Rogers. Yeah, absolutely. Well, 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 someone has a birthday and has the pool to make your dreams come true. Yep, I'd be down for that. Uh, you yeah, know, Adam and I, Adam and I like to ride those rides, mm-hmm. except for the, except for the upside down pirate ship. I won't ride that one, but oh yeah, oh uh, the the whirly world, the the egg scrambler. Oh, yeah, that's fun. Oh my, that's okay. the one that, that the famous picture of me is from. The egg yes, scrambler. yes. And I'm just gonna say that you three go and have a blast. At the Jelly Rogers. Well, okay. But, you know, if that's what I want to do for my birthday, then, you know, because it will be that Sunday. So last time I was at the Jelly Roger, I had on those cool sunglasses, those Liz Claiborne sunglasses. You got me where I could see. That wasn't the last time. Oh, that's the last time I remember. (laughs) Not the last good time. It's the last that. Yeah. Okay. Um, my positives. Mm-hmm. Kindness. Oh. 
humanity. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And natural hair. Oh. Yes. My Thank positives. Percy Sledge, when a man loves a woman. Oh my God, yes. There's a great Muscle Shoals doc on YouTube. It's fantastic. Uh, Forrest Whitaker doing that accent work. How many times have we watched a movie, TV show, and been like, who is this black person? And then you find out that they're British and they're just nailing right. the American accent. Right. And finally, haha. It's just nice to see Forrest Whitaker just going over there and just laying down an accent, doing that accent work. He did it perfectly, and he played the part perfectly. I mean, he played the part of a... I mean, if he were truly in love with Dill, would he be trying to go off with uh, Miranda Richardson? He had such remorse. He knew it. He was like, if only I had just gone home, none of this would have happened. Yeah, well, yeah. Hmm? He was playing a dick, and that's what he got. The scorpion and the frog story. Mm. So great. It's in your nature. It's in my nature. I was waiting because I I know that story as being, having a snake involved. Uh, I remember the fox and the... Like a turtle and the snake. That's how I've heard it. And it's oh, like, I'm ah. thinking of the gingerbread man and the fox. That's what I'm thinking of. Don't laugh at me. I, I was an elementary school teacher. I don't know the gingerbread man and the fox. I just know the gingerbread man It doesn't stand a chance against a fox. He's a cookie, and that's a fox. Fox gonna fox. And that's what I was waiting for. Scorpion gonna scorpion. I didn't know that it was, it's in my nature. I thought it was, snake gonna snake. Mm. Snake gonna die. And I'm going to be able to see it now. <laughs> um, I really liked Fergus and his humor as the movie wore on. I was like, oh, he's pretty funny in this really weird way. Like I how always would, liked Fergus. Yeah, how he would answer questions and, <laughs> and how he would say things. He had this sarcasm to him. I, I by the end there, Fergus made me LOL out loud a couple of times with his, I mean, problematic lines, but the way he delivered them, I still chuckled. <laughs> you know? Um, and the bartender bit. I, I love that. How, how they were going with the bar. Tell him. Oh, yeah, that was good. I did enjoy that. Uh-huh. I just, I love that. And I love the bartender, Jim Broadbent. He's been... I so did, too. Days. I loved him. He, he, he liked it just enough, but then also you could tell that he, you know, he was like, he's a bartender, but he, he took a shining to Dill enough to play along and do the bit and always do the bit, but sometimes his readings of the bit, you could kind of tell like, Oh, he's, he's had a hard day. He's not that into the bit. And sometimes he was really into the bit. I liked it. That was neat. excellent. We are to quotables. So I have three quotables. Okay. Um, I can't help it. It's in my nature. Being kind is in your nature too. That was Jody talking to Fergus. And I felt like they were too kind I, I remember in 1992 just having a good feeling about Fergus. 
at the you know like at the end. I I liked Fergus. So you saw this movie in 1992? Yeah. Oh. I didn't. Yeah. Oh. Oh, I. Um, I okay, second one. Who knows the secrets of the human heart? Oh. And number three, the things a girl has to put up with. Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? I was just cleaning my toilet today. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying it wasn't stuff that from my body that I was cleaning up. Moving on, we've already heard about Mac eating his throw up, so blah, move on. Blah, blah. <laughs> right on cue. <laughs> um, I didn't really write any down. All right. I've got a couple. I've got three. It, two of them refer to the ween. Um, oh, he said when, when he had to go to the bathroom and his hands were tied and he's like, it's got no major diseases. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that, no major implies he still got some and, and <laughs> he went through them. And then he when he was like, it's only a piece of meat. Because he need, he had to go to the bathroom and his hands were tied. And so he needed to, which I was like, oh, because I knew, you know, the, the, like what this movie. The situation. Yeah. When it, when it came out, this, everybody talked about, don't talk about it. Like, don't spoil it. And so that it's highly problematic now. But at the time, that was the secret of the film. And so, because when I watched it, I had already known, but I didn't know anything else about this movie uh -huh. that when he, that he, I was like, oh, that's, um, there's uh -huh. something to that. Uh -huh. ah. And then the last one made me laugh so hard when he said, you ever pick your teeth up with broken fingers? I was like, oh my God. Wow. <laughs> what a lie. <laughs> Damn. Now, ah, if I if I sent Father's Day cards, I would <laughs> that would be I'd send that. My father would love it. it, it it's it's fine. It's funny. It's, it's funny their love us. language. <laughs> it, yes, I think it is problematic. <laughs> okay, we are to LVPs. I I am anxiously awaiting Christine. Oh jeez, mine was um, the whole length of the movie. And the middle part from like 20 minutes in to like an hour and 10 minutes in. So after Jody, after they leave Ireland, like the whole Jody situation. The last thing I remember is them running through the woods. Okay. Yes. So, and then the next thing I remember is you're a man. Yes. Oh, okay. so the whole courtship. Of, the whole courtship. Yeah. I mean, I vaguely remember them being in a bar. Mm -hmm. Um. Um, but I listened to this podcast and they were talking about, they compared it to being like waiting for a roller coaster. Like you have to wait for two hours to get on the roller coaster and then you're on the roller coaster for like a minute and a half. And then it's understood. Over. Yeah. Yeah. And the thrill is, is like how many seconds? Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I thought the ending was good I mean, that's what she said um <laughs> i thought that i enjoy i mean i enjoyed the ending too like once that happened i thought it was like we're full speed ahead right like, no i thought right. the ending was good there was a lot there in the middle 
I do have a question. Yes. Like when Dill is singing the crying game, there's so much with the hands. So yeah. much emphasis on the hands. I noticed that too. Now I'm going to say, and it, it might sound problematic. In 1992, Poppy knew through those hands that Dill was a man, was, had been born male. Yeah. So I didn't know if the hands were like uh, the um, the the wait and see it. This is the teaser. Something's gonna happen. Like I, a clue. Did yeah. The hands were the clue. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I noticed that as well, but not. I I noticed the hand, her hand gestures doing uh-huh. that. Um. But. Before that, when he went in to get his hair washed, I noticed it because of the, it was just the perspective of his head. Yeah. In But then, but then I also had the same sort of thought of like, oh, well, am, like, I, I, it was just something that I noticed, but I had already known anyway. And... I think that other people would know because in that article that Teeny read, that person knew as soon as you first saw her in the bar because they were with their brother and was like, hey, that's like clocked it right off the bat. So, but evidently that bar was known to uh, be a comfortable place. Yes. Because she said, uh, she said to him, why, why did you come to the bar then? Yes. What are you looking up? I'm looking up hands in, um, the, the crying (laughs) game. (laughs) Well, I thought that her hands with that though, that that was of the, like the sixties kind of air yeah it was so overdone yeah over the top like um almost kind of like like from paris is burning like the vogue and and just doing that not doing the the whole body it was just with the the hands and the okay so this says the central theme this is from gradesaver.com the central theme driving the narrative crying game i'm in on the frying game game. is the effect and the cause that disaster was the frog putting his desire in the hands of an entity he should he knew should not be trusted because it started with as teeny talked about jody holding the girl's hand as he is peeing. Mm-hmm. So hands have been, hands oh, were huge throughout the entire central. thing. Yeah. Okay. The issues at hand in order to focus. Okay. So yeah, that is a, that is a thing. Okay. Okay. Um, so that Aaron, was your, is, are we on LVPs? LVP. Um, I had the, I also sprinkled in the the tragic mulatto stereotype because I think that in the movie she's well she's not white so she's black but I'm like you know you see that hair 
You you know. I have seen that hair before. You know that, that someone very close to her is of the European persuasion. So, and then, it, you know, at the end, and then she has to turn the gun, and she's going to take herself out the game. And I'm like, of course, the tragic mulatto. St-. Like, you know, I just laugh because I'm like, man, that goes back so long. And then plus all of the transgender cliches. And I was, though, with all of, you know, the the problematic things in it. For its time, though, I was pretty pleasantly surprised of how progressive it was. Like, there are things to definitely pick out. But if you were to tell me... Yeah. I mean, the fact that they they did that to the audience in. But then they did turn it into a love story. and Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, also, okay, so but for me, the real LVP, we've kind of already gone over it. It was like the Ace Ventura parody scene oh, and just yeah. how the crying game, how that's what it became in the mainstream. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, oh, it's actually this weirdly quirky kind of film. And, and you know, that that's the lasting enduring is that you hear that song and it's just a shorthand to like a, a transphobic joke. Um, and then, Oh, this was, so that was the, so it was a different article. It was the article, a trans perspective of the crying game by Natasha troop. And she said, quote, who would want to transition if it meant being a caricature so revolting that they caused others to literally vomit? If passable, beautiful trans person such as Dill engendered this kind of reaction, what yeah. hope could a brick like me have in the world as a woman? It is nearly impossible to overstate the damage this film has done to trans women. Oh, wow. So I was like, oh, I mean... Even even as progressive yeah. as it was, yeah. If you look at it from a different perspective, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. wow, okay. Well, my LVP is intolerance. <clears throat> so there's that. Uh, MVP. Um, mine is the crying game song. Really. Oh. Did yeah, you look up anything that. about it? Because I sure to... did not. I just enjoyed right. listening to it. She watched I... the movie twice. I watched I... the movie twice. I tried. I even tried to look up and educate myself on the IRA this morning, and I was like, I can't. Paul, like this is not my thing. Can't <laughs> understand it. Can't wrap my head around it. Let me just enjoy the song. I, exactly. and I, I give it to you in a nutshell, so yeah. you're good on the troubles. Uh, my MVP is aforesaid bartender. I mm. loved him. I loved that he was looking out for the people there. And when he'd had enough, he was like, oh, you talk to him yourself. I'm not dealing yeah. with this right now. But um, he seemed to have a lot of humanity. Mine is Jay Davidson. While looking at it in a 2021 perspective, it is problematic that a a trans person should have a transgendered woman should have played this part. But then you're exactly it's like, okay. Um, but however, I thought that he was fantastic because I thought that he I was going to be using pronouns of she for him. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was completely mesmerized. And it wasn't just like that. Oh, it was just the whole performance that he gave. Yes. I He was nominated for an Academy Award, the first openly gay black British performer, I believe, oh. to ever be honored. So that made me look up because I was like, how did who else was nominated with him? And then I looked up. I was like, oh, that's why he didn't win. He was nominated along with David Paymer, Al Pacino, mm-hmm. who was also nominated that year and won in the best actor category mm-hmm. for Scent of a Woman. Um, Jack Nicholson. Damn. <laughs> and Damn. the winner and the winner of this category was uh, none other than Gene Hackman. Yeah. So I was like, uh, um, I mean, that in itself is a win to be in the category of them. And this was this was his film debut. Yeah, I'm just saying I need to watch Unforgiven. I've never seen it. Maybe we'll do it here. But he, Jay Davidson was fantastic in this movie. I read the review by Robert Ebert. He gave the film The Crying Game four stars. He said, quote, about Dill, which, you know, Jay um, Davidson. Dill is an original, too, with a delightful, dry way of understating herself, of keeping her cool while seeming amused at the same time. She reminds us there is such a thing as verbal style. Too much modern movie dialogue is flat and plot-driven. That was his quote. And then I realized, like, it, it just clicked into my brain she when when you're watching her, there is this disconnect of like, oh, she's kind of she's she's completely original and the things that she's doing in the movie. And then I realized what it reminded me of. It was like she Dill was being a character of from the 1940s or 50s films like that mm. old school Hollywood, which going back Betty to like Paris. Davis. Yeah, and going back to Paris is burning and remember how they all wanted yeah. to you know how that Hollywood style and so when she's doing the dialogue and doing the bit she reminded me of Lauren Bacall. You know, of just oh. that that sort of like I'm I know that I'm a, I know I'm a bad bitch, but I'm just going to play it cool. And I'm going to be uh, mysterious and seductive and just the different things that she did. Um, I, I was I was just like, oh, she's doing an old timey Hollywood kind of thing. And so I think that's I wondered then if that was because then the movie kind of goes into an old timey Hollywood bit mm-hmm. like that, like that part that's like down, you know, mm-hmm. where. You're like, oh, that's the the Humphrey Bogart kind of old timey. Uh, I got cut up with a dame kind of bit, and yeah, I'm like, oh, how these two characters weird. actually mesh and actually fall in love. Yeah, so I thought that I was like, oh, that's just very interesting. And then the, that Irish Times article, I think, also mentioned about how Neil Jordan, because Jay Davidson didn't have any acting, right. Like he, you know, he, he was, was found in a bar. He was found. Oh, he was yeah. discovered at a rap party for another film, mm-hmm. and he was drunk. And the casting agent was looking for somebody because it was very specific. They needed um, 
Well, at this time, they didn't even know that they should be looking for a black transgender woman. Exactly. They were looking for a black man, gay man, who could play a woman. Right. And he was drunk, and, and he was just like, no, I've never acted. And it was one of his friends that gave, that got the card and got the number. And, um, you know, he, Neil Jordan was like, okay, you know, Jay Davidson can pass and, and, and do be a woman and stuff, but can he act? And it was that scene where she gets, where Dill gets her hair cut. Yeah. It was like, oh, that's when I was like, who won the Oscar over this guy? Yeah. Are you kidding me? And Jay Davidson wanted nothing to do with being famous. He hated the fame that came his way. And with Stargate, they were like, you want, he, they wanted him to play the sun God. And he was like, oh uh, yeah, I'll do it. If you give me a million dollars. Cause he's like, they're not going to give me a million dollars. So I'm going to ask for a ridiculous sum that I don't have to do this movie. And they gave him the million dollars. They're like, yeah, here you go. He's like, all right, cash this check and I'm out. And he yes, just went yeah. back doing like fashion. Cause he was like, I don't want any of this, which yeah. is so smart. So smart for because he's right. What rules was I gonna get? I was just gonna, right. and everybody would just think that that this is me, you know? Yeah. Every time you see him in a role, you're gonna go, okay, there's gonna be the reveal, and this is gonna be rehashed over and over and over again. It's just he just just called a shot. I'm gonna hit a home run. Goodbye, yeah. deuces, everyone. I'm yeah. Out. That's true. So that is the MVP. Because everybody would always be talking about that scene. They would always be talking about his yeah. sexuality. They would Sharon always be Stone. talking about... It's still Sharon Stone uncrossing yeah. and recrossing her legs. He would just be an, an object, like a fetish. Yeah. Okay, so we are to recasting, and I did one. I did oh. one as well. Okay, I did Jody Fergus, Dill, and the bartender. I did jo- Jody Fergus and Dill. Because the bartender was my MVP. I'm going to tell you, the bartender I choose is Brendan Gleeson. Yes. He played Alistair Moody in the Harry Potter film. Bruges, which I love that movie in Bruges. So I felt like he was a perfect bartender. Mm -hmm. Okay, my deal is India Moore, who plays Angel on Pose. Oh, nice. Mm. Yeah. My Fergus, I was going to go with somebody, but he's Scottish, not Irish. So I went with Jamie Dornan. I I like Jamie Dornan. And, and I, it, you know, like he can be a, a down-home guy, kind of good looking, kind of feels like he knows the world, and then he gets his world rocked. So my Jody uh, is David Oyelowawa. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Whoa. Oh yeah. Oh, nice. My cast, I went with an all transgender cast. Hmm. So I Bravo. went with Fergus, Elliot Page. Okay. Okay. Because I was like, I don't think they can even really remake. Like the casting, recasting for this yeah. was tough. Because I was like, I don't think they can really remake it because it all hinges on that scene. But I was like, but what if? For-? But then I was eh. so I dropped all of that and I'm just I just recast it straight up with just all transgender roles. And then the transgender consultant will figure out what how this movie gets made and that's right what it's made. 
Um, Which is why I almost didn't recast it just because. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like, no, I can figure out a way to, to do something cool with this. Dill MJ Rodriguez from Pose, I believe. Mm. Okay. And for Jody, I put uh, Brian Michael Smith, who's a transgender actor as well. Outstanding. Bravo. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, and then maybe like, there really isn't the scene. It's just the movie just played out. <laughs> like It could be the scene, and, and then it could be like, oh, you thought this was a scene? Well, actually, it's just the conversation that teeny, you know, that reasonable adults have. That's right. And, then they're, That's and they're right. like, all right, well, how are we going to get out of this? Because the IRA is down my back, and they're going to kill you if I don't do this thing. And then it's just a straight-up political thriller. And we maybe we don't even say anything about it. We we've just right. had this cast. We did That's right. Uh, that's when I uh, was younger. I was going to write books about a um, a mixed family and just not mention it. Just have the daddy be black, the mommy be white, the kids be mixed. But that never. And then they they well. make their living just doing commercials because that's all commercials <laughs> are now. Yeah, I mean, who are you gonna who are you gonna not uh, like yeah, here? You gotta get I into mean, the commercial business, guys. Yeah, I oh, mean, if only. I if like <coughs> Cheerios, hey, call us. I know. I gonna pay people kids. to paint downstairs. I see these little kids, and I'm like, oh my god! If they had only known, I could have totally been a little kid child actor. Mm-hmm. The oh my god, you could have been Mikey. Mikey, he hates I'd be everything fine without payment. Just Diet Coke. Like, you can give me the product and payment. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, if it's Diet Coke. Yeah. Oh, Neil, what you, maybe you guys can get a, um, a Hendrix commercial. I would love a Hendrix commercial. Out of the ordinary? What could be more out of the ordinary than us? Oh, my gosh. That's they should, true. I mean, they should sponsor this podcast. The amount of Hendrix. Hendrix if you're listening. Because, really, the amount of Hendrix consumed... Whilst making this podcast, yeah. I mean, it's it's oh the official beverage of Gone with the Bushes. Because two out of three. It's well, just, and everyone's watching. Three out of have three. a Hendrix in there, too. Three out of three. Wow. Okay, Hendrix. Yeah, totally. I mean, okay. that's going to be my next tattoo is the back tattoo of the Hendrix. I'm video. not getting another. I heard it's Hendrix and, your- like, cursive. <laughs> As soon as you get your first one, you're thinking about what the next one will be. I'm quite happy with mine, knowing that I went for a hand tattoo when <laughs> that is one of the three things that you never are supposed to go no, to. That, it's not that you're never. It's just the tough guy tattoo. So you're a tough guy. Damn straight. I done lived this life. That's why I'm drinking this Hendrix. <laughs> we are two tasty nuggets. All right. Stephen Ray, is that how you say his last name? Yes. His wife. Yes. Was really a member of the Irish Republican Army. Oh, that's why they cared. No, but Teeny, wait. Did you do more research, Ma? Go. Okay, because in real life, Stephen Ray, during the time that this movie was filmed, married, was married to Dolores Price. Dolores Price participated in the car bombing at the Old Bailey in London on March 8th, 1973, in which over 200 people, and it is believed 
to have contributed to the death of one person who suffered a fatal heart attack. So she was involved. She was a, she was like Fergus. She was a volunteer about that life was into that. She was arrested, was sentenced to a life sentence. And then she got out after seven years. She served seven years. They but wait, there's more. They got married. So they got married after she got out. It was sometime in the eighties, right? Because they got divorced in 2003 and then Dolores died in 2013. But there was, before she died, she recorded all of these tapes and she, I forget who she gave them to somebody in the U S like a university in the U S in the Boston area, I believe. Cause I was like, of course that's our brand. <laughs> um, and she was like, you have to keep, I did this. You have to keep these sealed until I die. And then there was crazy court battles because they're like, you know, Northern Ireland was like, we got bodies, like unsolved deaths exactly. that we need to know. And so after she died, it was her interviews were posthumously released and she admitted to playing a role in one of the most notorious unsolved murders mm. of the troubles. Yes. And that was the 1972 kidnapping and murder of a mother of 10 named Jean McConville. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, wow. wow. That life, man. Yeah. I didn't feel like Fergus was, I felt like Fergus was kind of a, okay, I'm kind of here. I'm kind of going to do what you want me to do, but not like full on militant. I will eat a bullet for this, you know? Yeah, he wasn't. But but that's interesting about like Stephen Ray and then why he plays it that way. Because yeah. but then you also have to wonder, well, how much, I mean, he obviously knew because she did her sentence and because actually, I don't, I read this in Wikipedia, so it could not be true, but according to what I read, then like either the night of, or the night before, that's when they met, like of the bombing that she got arrested for. Oh my God. I mean, it's crazy. I'm, as I'm sure she was probably just a a fantastic, like just whimsical and so charismatic and just yeah he was was probably just like who is this woman and then she goes away does a does her time comes out they rekindle their romance they get married then they get divorced you know who who knows what happens finds out what the fuck she was up to they had (laughs) that's but that's the mother of his two children yep she gets sick. She records these tapes. She's like, yeah. uh, uh, but you know, my time is nearing. So just hold it. And meanwhile, though, there's like, yo, we can solve these. Like, are you kidding? Yeah. Me? Going on? And she passes and then they play the tapes and she's like, yeah, so I did that. You know, that thing that you didn't know what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I participated. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was on a shoestring budget. They almost ran out of money. Mm-hmm. Now, the financers... They could have saved money by cutting out an hour of it. The financers... I, I, I know, but I kind of like that hour because it was like an old-timey... I mean, I, I understand because I, too, was like, oh, but it's... 
I'm I really enjoyed Dave Jay Davis's performance. I, did I was too. just mesmerized by Deal. I was like, I had to talk like that. In 1992, when I saw it and the reveal came, I was totally shocked. I mean, I was 100%. In, oh, I was too. I knew nothing about this movie. And then now watching it back, knowing the reveal, I could, you know, like pick up on a few things, mostly the hands everywhere. But um, yeah. Okay. So um, Neil Jordan, because of the investors, they didn't like the ending. And so he rewrote and shot an alternative alternative ending and screened it. And everybody was like, no, that, that doesn't work. So he went back to his original. Oh, so I that like the original, original ending. I really enjoyed the ending. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was sweet. And there was evidently some talk where Dill was supposed to be older than Ferguson. But oh. uh, Jay. Davidson. Davidson was actually 21 years younger than the Ferguson that we saw. Oh. Now, Dill got sick during the filming. And they called a doctor in. Doctor examined Dill and went out and said, did you ever consider that she might be pregnant? Oh. And everybody laughed their asses off. So I'm going, how good of a doctor was it? But it reminded me of you mm-hmm. going in <laughs> and the, at Bethany Beach and the we doctor at the saying, beach. I had my hair because we had just gotten into into town. My throat was sore. I had a, like I looked at myself because even at that age, I was self-diagnosing and I was like, <laughs> there's an infection of some sort in my throat. There's visible signs. We won't get into the details, but you can guess. I think you probably had a baseball cap on too. I had a baseball cap on, so my hair was covered. Went into this doctor. He looks. He's like, "Yeah, you just need like antibiotics and stuff." And then it just starts gushing over my tan, just like how, you was, just got into was, town. Odd. How long have you been? That is the best suntan I've ever seen. Yeah, because like at first it's it's they when that happens to me, it is. So jarring because at first I'm just going off of the face value of it. I'm like, oh, yes, like I, I do actually have a, a tan. Uh, thank you. It's not like how I am now, just super pale. But I was like, oh, you know. But then he just kept gushing and gushing over it. And then it's slowly like the end of the usual suspects. Everything starts getting into a line. And I'm like, this motherfucker thinks I'm white. <laughs> we got in the van and Adam's first best yeah. Comedic response ever. That's when I went, this boy has a sense of humor. He goes, guess they didn't see dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I went, okay. Okay. Yeah, we Finally. We like, out by it. We're coming out. Because I'm like, this heat in my mind. And we're coming out. And so we're like, obviously, like we discuss it. And then he just comes in with like the zinger off the rope. So we're like, <laughs> Yes. Uh, one of my favorite Adam moments, actually. Uh, so, yeah, they were like, no, dude isn't pregnant because dude is a dude. <laughs> but, um, I mean, but that had to feel, you know, it's problematic. If you're making the movie, it had to feel at the time of like, oh, this is going to work. This is going to yeah. work. Exactly. 
And then the reason that Jane Davidson took the role was because he saw a pair of handmade leather riding boots in Vogue magazine that he wanted, and this role would pay for them. Mm-hmm. That, <laughs> see, it just seems about right. Where he's just like, all right, because he didn't even. He had done, I think he had done drag like once and he was just like, no, it's too much work. Yeah, Mm-mm. I bet. Because you, nope. I mean, you look at them putting on that makeup, that takes forever. But then it's kind of crazy to me because he is so skinny. Like how, like his physique of, well, then how did you... Did, did I want? Did you prepare then for the role, or was that, that means just that he wasn't he was rocking? Like he wasn't taking hormones even. No, because he because the hormones was, soften. Yeah, he wasn't everything. transitioning at all. He's a he's Whoa. like a one hundred percent male. Yeah, and that's what's so. That's why when I see because when I see it, I'm just like, oh, just got a fantastic woman's physique and stuff, but. That's why I thought for sure he had tr- transitioned or right. you know, was. But then was you doing see him naked. Role. There are no boob. I mean, just regular ma- man boobs. Not. Yeah. That's, so that's yeah. just youth, and you know, for him, because he's got to be older. At least he's got like, look, that's how I looked in my prime. You know, yes. I guess that's on celluloid forever. Yes. That physique. Yes. Like, yeah. Well, that's. Which is a, a gift and a curse. So yes. It depends on your how you want to look at it. Yeah. Are those okay. Your those are my tasty nuggets. Others? I have that the, because as you alluded to, um, the financier, like the financing of this film, because when he went to financers, Neil Jordan, the, they said that they wanted a woman actress to play a transgender woman. Uh-huh. And Neil Jordan was like, wait, you want me to cast a woman uh-huh. who's really a male? So then the woman, so then the actress I play has to play, has to act as though she is a male transitioning. Playing a female. Yeah, and it wasn't even transitioning. He he wrote Dill as a transvestite. And when you read the article, you're, you can kind of tell, like, he doesn't understand what those the difference between all right, things, which right. is funny. Um, yeah, and that's what the financiers wanted, mm. and he was like, no, no I don't yeah. think so. Yeah. So in spite At least he said no to that. Yes, exactly, which is why the guy that produced the film, he ran um, like a conservatory, like kind of like a fancy-smancy film house and stuff, and so he was going in the, in the till getting the money out of his other business to pay for it because it was a shoestring budget which makes me wonder because i believe forrest whitaker is the biggest name Mm -hmm. on this movie so it does make me wonder if they were able to get forrest whitaker and like i don't know and then once they got forrest whitaker then they were like all right well dill is a black woman you know, like, I wonder where that happened to, because then it kind of makes sense with the, the whole army plot. They got a soldier. And if it if it had just been written, but then once they're like, oh, well, we can get Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker will be Jody. Uh-huh. And then, like, one of our biggest qualms that we have with the movie is kind of like, well, it was just because they happened to get the 
a great actor and he just happened to be black. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I, I wonder about that. Um, Stanley Kubrick told Neil Jordan it would be impossible to find a black guy to play a woman. Like Stanley Kubrick, uh, like it's, it's impossible. It's like, oh, Stanley Kubrick. You're, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then I'm thinking, I'm like, I don't remember too many black people in your film, Stanley Kubrick. Sure, you had the guy that told about The Shining, but that's like mystical black guyness. So mm-hmm. hmm, I got my eye on you, Kubrick. Uh, Eyes wide shut. Yeah. The Oscar, it was, I think, nominated for about six awards. It was nominated for Best Picture, Best Film Editing, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor, and Best Director. Neil Jordan won Best Original Screenplay Oscar for this. Oh, wait. So Jane Davidson was nominated in the Best Male. Jay Davidson. Jay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I was putting an N in there because I've been, you Her know. best supporting actor, yeah. Fascinated with Erica Jane lately. That's why I put the N in there. I apologize. Mm-hmm. And Stephen Ray for best actor. Um, in the UK, when it was released, it was initially a flop. It wasn't until it was released overseas in America and critics loved it and then people started going to see it. That, but I kind of... I listened to a podcast and they were talking about it was because of the IRA that it was like nobody wanted to watch a movie about mm-hmm. the IRA in the UK. Right. Well, because right. and that gets into it. The original title was called The Soldier's Wife. Mm-hmm. And it was Stanley Kubrick who said religious and military references in titles keep audiences away. Ain't yeah. that the truth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because uh, Neil Jordan, his previous film, Were No Angels, I believe De Niro's in that. And that was a flop. And he was like, oh, mm. that had a, angels, religious. Mm-hmm. So he changed it. Except for The Exorcist. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, but I think that's one of those things with, like, word of mouth, probably. And that, like, yeah. with the crying game also. But yeah. I, I, yeah. The Exorcist was the book first. So a lot of people yeah. read the book and were. True. Yeah, and, and like, I, it's real. The Troubles... Like, that's just a quaint little British term that they put on it. it that's why it's funny, because it's way more than the troubles. They And it's not over. Well, I, it it kind of w- was because they were in the EU, and Ireland was in the EU, so there were no hard borders. So it was kind of, that kind of put the kibosh on, like, well, what are you beefing on? You, you, you pretty much have everything except for the like one major detail which then when brexit happened right like guess what guess what we're about to witness now the troubles part du yeah because i just read a, a novel about the troubles part du and i texted my friend who has two daughters living in ireland saying i thought the troubles were over and then of course i f- totally freaked her out and so she <laughs> to go back to her children and go, the troubles aren't over. And there's just, it's not, it's not as big as it was. It's not a big deal. We'll just stay here in Dublin. Life is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But nobody's going to, uh, I ain't going to Belfast. Uh, uh-uh. uh, uh-uh. I'll go back to Dublin in a heartbeat, but I ain't going to Belfast. And finally, the song, The Crying Game, was a song written and composed by Jeff Stevens. It was released by Dave Barry originally in July 1964. 
was oh. number number five on the UK singles chart. Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin. He didn't play lead on the uh, on the song, but he was played guitar on the song. Oh my gosh! Uh huh. And it was covered by Boy George for this movie in '92, and this version was produced by the Pet Shop Boys. Outstanding. So those are my tasty nuggets. Well, that is this week's The Crying Game. Which, when I finished watching it, I had this, I did go, huh, what an interesting movie. It was like two movies. It was like the, the IRA, you know, that. It, it, and then this whole other, it was two movies in one. Yeah, I wanted the other movie. I didn't care of anything about the IRA. Right, yeah. right. Understood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by 92, people were pretty tired of the IRA. Yeah, but it just kept going and going. Yeah, and it's gonna. It's gonna come back because mm-hmm. unintended consequences, you know? Exactly. Imperialism. Is it imperialism? It's one of the isms. Isms. Okay, so next week. So next week, we might not get to record. Oh, oh, that's right. You you have the week after. Okay. Okay. We'll see. I mean, I get back next week. I could do. I wouldn't be able to record until Wednesday, but we can chat about that, and then it'll be a surprise. With yeah, because I don't want to put pressure on you. Yeah, that's fine. I can go to the beach. Shoot. Yeah. Um. But okay, so we're leaving the nineties. Oh, okay. Are we going back? No. Are we going forward? Forward. Oh. Way forward. Oh, for you. I mean, this last 2017. 2017. 2017. I don't even, the before times. You might as well have said 1934 to me. It's before they were married. Uh huh. Yes, but not before they were beaching with us. No, we were engaged. Yes. Yeah. Um, let's see. How do I want to say this? Uh, you can sing. You can sing. You can sing? <laughs> Perhaps you're talking about yourself right now. It only has a 57% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I was very surprised about because I think there's like a cult following to this film. Okay. And it's a musical. A musical in 2017. Set in the 1800s, maybe? Les No. Oh. No, that's... No, it's not that. Set um, in the 1800s in a musical. But we did Hamilton. Are we yeah, doing Hamilton that's again? That's what I'm saying. We already did Hamilton. Mid-19th century. So that's mid eight. So eighteen fifty. Mid eighteen, yeah. Right. Because the, the the centuries is always the one ahead of it. Exactly. So, my fair lady. Eighteen fifty, yeah. Eighteen fifty, Canal Street, New York City. Canal Street, New York City. I think that's that just saw one thing. Um, it has to do with. I think there's going to be animals in it. Two thousand seven animals. Um, 
And I think there's going to be animals. It's the something... greatest show on earth. The greatest showman. The greatest showman. I've never Wait, seen this. Is this Hugh Jackman, the greatest yes, showman? Yes. It I've is. never seen with uh, Zendaya. Yes. Yes. Apparently it's a, it's a huge hit. Yeah. I've, I've never seen it either. It. But I think I'm going to really like the soundtrack. The greatest, and I it's, think it's, it's the on... greatest showman, right? Yeah. The true story of P.T. Barnum and Jenny Lind. Oh my God! It's on September first, eighteen fifty. Thirty thousand onlookers packed the waterfront around Canal Street in New York City, clamoring to catch clamoring to catch a glimpse of Swedish opera singer Jenny Lind as she disembarked from the steamship Atlantic to begin her American tour. Yes, Jenny Lynn, that's who the that's who the beds were made named after. Jenny Lynn. The Lynn's American promoter, the visionary entertainer and entrepreneur, P.T. Barnum, greeted the singer with a bouquet and waved her into a private carriage as police pushed the teeming crowds apart. Wow. Brand new for all of us. I know. Well, P.T. Barnum, he had a famous quote that I'm sure we'll say because mm-hmm. I, it's something about like, yeah. Sucker I, born every minute or something. <laughs> yeah, kind of you at our at our yard sale when you were not even two saying, come on, suckers, buy some stuff. Okay, I already had a disdain for capitalism. Why? Why was I bored with that? I could have been so rich. And at that yard sale, we had to sell your first set of training pants because you outgrew them. Yeah, that was a hefty young thing. <laughs> well, you're yeah, it was the wrong time to try to potty train you. We did the M&M's thing. And I ended up sitting on the toilet eating all of your M&M's because you never put tinkle in the potty. I don't like to be told what to do. I'm going to do it on my time. She fell asleep on the the potty and would stand up and wet herself. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I had to go do, like, lab work. And they're like, oh, you need a urine sample as well. Meanwhile, the whole day, I've been chugging water, chugging water. As I'm going in, I'm like, oh, my bladder is about to burst up. So as soon as and they you said, like, oh, right? you need to, you like, you only need to do this much. I, it, I felt all of it evaporate into my system. Exactly. Like, you thought you had a full bladder. <laughs> I cannot pee on demand. Yeah. It's hell when you're pregnant because you have to pee on demand. I was like, and I even made the joke. I was like, well, two seconds ago had a full bladder. Now that you've told me this. We'll see. Welcome to my world. Oh, so it's you. <laughs> I How did we get to pee in a cup from P.T. Barnum? Because a sucker's born every minute. Every <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode of The Crying Game, even though some of us didn't so much. And that's okay. That's what makes Gone you with the Bushes. Gone with the bushes. Next week, the greatest. It's next two weeks. That's why we always put next time. Next time. time. Who knows when it'll be? Exactly. Next time. time. Okay, listeners, there you go. Bye. Bye.